Hello, and welcome to the Y Factor Podcast. We are glad you're with us today. Sit back and listen for some more insights into what life can be like when you try to follow God fully. Hopefully, you'll learn some things, and we'll have a few laughs as we go, too. So get comfortable, and here we go. Uh, yeah, my own wife um, in in Pakistan, it's the best, unless you're in a big modern city like Islamabad or something like that, but mm-hmm. even then, um, the most respectful covering is the chador. Okay. And and in the 90s, most women were wearing chador. Nowadays, there's much more full covering burqa. But okay. Um, okay. in the 90s, it was less so, and the chador was the common um, way that women covered themselves. And uh, so, but so it is really difficult. She struggled with that, and, and we had to look into the scriptures, um, you know, particularly okay. in Corinthians, and, okay. and yeah. see, you know, I, I choose to be all things to all men that by, mm-hmm. all, or by all means you might say some. And, yeah. you know, it's a dying to self when you have to lay down your own way of, we talked about ways of thinking, but there's also mm-hmm. ways of behaving yeah. that you, you know, one of the, oh, this brings to mind a funny incident with Ashraf and Naveed, actually. Really? In, uh, yeah, in yeah. Pakistan, uh-huh. in Lahore. And <laughs> we went swimming. Somewhere nearby, there was this... The there canal, was a in the cana- in canal. In the canal. It wasn't in the canal. No, it wasn't the canal. <laughs> oh. It was actually on the university campus, and it was like a swimming... It, it was a pool. Okay. But it, it, was, it, wasn't wow. the, it wasn't a lovely pool. It was like a big cement cold <laughs> was the water clean <laughs> i can't remember you know yeah. i but i remember going swimming with them and i took off uh, of course you know you, you take off your top hardly a- anyone ever sees you with topless in pakistan always long sleeves and, and i remember most of us you know, we rarely wore western we mostly wore showa kameez and we would roll up our sleeves to kind of you know, yeah, to, yeah. to hear, and yeah. um, and that would be the most people would see of our white skin. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Except for I, Chris, Chris had a short sleeve shower camise. Oh, yeah. he did. Yes, <laughs> yes. Anyway, rebel, go ahead. Yeah, rebel Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so so um, we went to the swimming hole, and I took off. I had my shorts, and I took uh-huh. off my my show our camis in this this glistening white body you know they hadn't seen the sun for goodness knows how long years and uh, yeah. and we jumped in and i remember Ash, one of them i can't remember whether it was ashraf or naveed um pulled me up afterwards and they said they said see this under here you know oh, the oh, underarm God. underarm hair uh-huh. i said isn't that dirty oh <laughs> wow and yeah and um and I said, no, why? And they said, oh, we shave that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Muslims, Muslims shave under their arms and many shave further down. Further down, yes. <laughs> their, their private region, and, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and for me, that was like, well, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? And so, I think I remember this, Alan. I think I remember you struggling with what to do about that. Did you start shaving? Yeah. Did you start shaving? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. And, um, and so I had to, I felt like, well, you know, how much do I really want to fit in here? Yeah. And of course, nowadays, this is nothing, you know, guys shaving all, all the time yeah, nowadays. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, well, why was that an issue to you? Yeah. But in those days, in those days, it, it was, I'm a guy, you know, you yeah. don't shave. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, not under there anyway. Well, I, Ashraf, I remember our, Ashraf, one of those two guys asking me about, about underarm hair and, and pubic hair, you know, and oh, they must and, have been really curious about yeah, this. <laughs> and, and he, he said, it must have been after maybe after this, you know, so he asked me about it. And he said, he, he said, well, we have this joke about a Sikh who, because Sikhs don't, don't shave either. And we have yeah. this joke where a Sikh's on his bicycle and his pubic hair gets caught in the spokes of the, of the, <laughs> of the bicycle. <laughs> and it's like, no, you know, uh, it doesn't grow that long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that, Sikh, that Sikh had an altogether other problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, that was... That was something, you know, so you, yeah, I do remember really thinking mm. about this and, and we must have talked about it. And um, yeah, I did. I started shaving and I still do. Yeah. Do you? And I can say that now and think it's quite normal. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've kept that. I've uh, kept Alan that. Alan James is under arms. Alan James is under arms. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, I mean, your mm. behavior gets challenged by being in another yeah. culture yeah, and you have to change personal habits mm. <laughs> just to, um, because you know, the last thing you want is for someone to look at you and think you're dirty. Yeah. No, you, and, and that, uh, yeah. well, there was, um, I remember you talking, I'm trying to remember this conversation. It was you. And we were talking about, um, it might've been the underarm hair thing. Um, but you were saying it's like the grossest thing to them to see that. It's like mm. it's like yeah. um, it's like going number two in the pool to some to some extent <laughs> because it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's really really dirty to them at that at that yeah. time. I don't know what the attitude is now, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, well, it, it's still normal, and and even here uh, we're we're living in the UK, but in a in a um, largely Muslim community. Mm. and and um, Muslims here, you know, you go into the barbers here and they have spaces where men can go and shave. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have the, it's just like Pakistan. They, you, you'll have a shower in the, in the um, barber shop mm -hmm. and men can go in there and use the razors and, oh, and wow. clean themselves. Yeah. So, hmm. so um, yeah, it, it, is a, it is, I think, I think it's an, and it's. I'm pretty sure, according to Hadith, it's a Muslim practice. I think um, I think you're right. It's required. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, the uh, I'm I'm trying to remember that. Well, I remember one time you and I, and Ashraf and Reed, were in that big front room we had at 500B, yep. and um, yep. we were messing around doing somersaults or something, and you uh, did a somersault. And as you rolled over your, your flap of your, uh, uh, um, your kameez came up. Kameez. Yeah. And, uh, you could see a little bit of your underwear, you know, from, and, and, uh, 
Ashashri just thought that was hilarious that you were wearing underwear with a shower kameez. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I do remember, I do remember I didn't have money to buy underwear and when my underwear <laughs> wore out, I, I, I when my underwear wore out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That must have been early on. <laughs> no, no, I do remember, okay. I do remember for thinking, well, you know, this is not the done thing here. They don't wear underwear with Shobha Kameez. So, yeah, yeah. so I don't need to bother spending money on doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah no, I don't keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and when I got money, I did go and buy underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I needed a little extra support down there, covering down there. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't uh, go commando. <laughs> In my I do remember, I do recall that the underwear you buy you, at that time, you could buy in Pakistan was just horrible. Was <laughs> I like remember that worst. too. Yeah, yeah. Because not many, not many people wore it, of course. So you right. could just buy this awful stuff. And, and so that was not an incentive to go and buy underwear. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're getting quite intimate. We are, this aren't we? Day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to cut this out. <laughs> I think it's actually very interesting. I don't, I don't hear people talk about these cultural things much. And I do think we, yeah. I think we did successfully integrate ourselves into some Muslim guys' lives where we did learn yeah. things like this, you know, where yeah. we, we um, it, it, with all of our flaws and all of our ignorance, we did make mm -hmm. some pretty tight friendships with with a, we did. a few guys yeah and and i think because of who we were and the, our situation we got very close to the culture yeah um i, think I mean we did. Not, yeah. not saying that we were perfect or better than anyone else <laughs> but but we were we were really there at the at the entry level i think of, yeah. of culture and and grassroots kind of i think so mixing with people we we weren't there as a family so we were guided very much by the young men that we met mm -hmm. and um and we would talk to them about all kinds of stuff we would yeah yeah and i think i think that was unique i don't know yeah. i don't know um but that's i i well i guess, i guess what i'm trying to say is i think I think that was an accomplishment. I don't know if other people mm -hmm. accomplished that or not, but I know for us that was that was a, a great accomplishment and part of why I continued to work with Muslims is because of those yeah. relationships and because yeah. of those people that and I grew to love them through the mm. through my relationships with them. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well that that kind of for me led on to the the third year that I was there when when I was leading the team with Cindy and and uh, Laurie and Deborah mm -hmm. and uh that was in Islamabad and that year we we actually lived as we mentioned when yeah. we were with Cindy yeah. we lived with muslim people mm -hmm. and uh, we were I was prepared for that because of those first two years where we were where we were just single guys hanging out with other single guys with national single guys yeah and um, and learning from them yeah yeah and that's that's important you know i think i think there's but the thing that i really liked about what happened with us though is it it kind of 
came organically, these relationships. You know, mm. we, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember how we met Ashraf and Amid, do you? Through Chris. Through Chris, I'm, okay. Chris met them at the mosque. Oh, Chris was okay. really good that way. He, yeah. he would meet people and just get talking with them yeah. and uh, then introduce them to the rest of us. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, he was, he was really good that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember, I remember meeting uh, uh, Ashraf and Naveed through Chris okay. and Chris, of course, they're really easygoing guys. So they got on well with all of us. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I, I just remember thinking, wow, these guys are really neat. And, yeah. and um, I almost felt guilty when I spent time with them apart from Chris, because I knew that Chris was the one that had okay. kind of initiated the relationship okay. with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was great. Chris was really good. I, I think his um, going to the mosque, uh, if we'd all done that, that would have been, that would have been really good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, he, he was ahead of his time, I think, in doing stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what motivated him to do that, but, um, but he just wanted to meet people, he, I guess. Yeah. We'd have to talk with him. But, I, um, well, we'll try to get him on. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, I, think, I think part of it was he felt God telling him to do that, if I remember. Right, right. yeah. 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 And I would go with I, him I, to, to uh, a mosque um, called um, uh, Mansur. Mansour Mas, Mansour Hospital. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? No, um, not so we, far. We would try to go. We went a couple times a week, I think, for a period of time. And it was a hospital for Afghani freedom fighters who were injured in the, oh. uh, in the free, you know, because it was during the Soviet, Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Yes, it was. And uh, uh, we met a lot of people through that. And it was Chris that spearheaded all that i mean i was very much a follower at that point in my life you know so chris chris was spearheading this and i went along with him you know and and it was um i i just wonder how safe it was actually that we did that because it was you know there were a lot of we met a whole lot of people man uh you know how they would the important people would wear the the topi you know the yep. the boat shaped topi yes. and the, and they would have lots of of robes on and stuff like that yeah, many people like that yeah the sheikhs many from iran from persia from uh from iraq from the gulf we met tons of people like that and um i just wonder wow. who they were and why they were there and if they were wow thinking, no i don't i didn't recall that and uh, i know i didn't take part in that um, the only time I can remember going to a mosque, as I think we talked about before, we all, uh, I remember three or four of us, I'm, I'm not sure who, yeah. but I know I was there and probably Chris was there. And we just went to this mosque and we stood in the prayer line. I think we already I remember. talked about I was, it. I was, I was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that. It was the night of power during, during uh, Ramadan, right? Yeah, we did talk about it, didn't we? On the yeah. on the podcast, on one of them, yeah. So to hear that story, you have to go back and listen to all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and become uh, a subscriber. <laughs> yes, become a subscriber. Uh, Cindy did send me send me some photos. Did she send you some photos? I don't know if she no. sent you too. She sent me some photos. Um. Uh, oh yeah, please forward them to me. 
one of them was the one the christmas one that's the famous one right where we're all sitting around yeah. at emmanuel yeah. sign but um yeah um there was i don't know if you can see that oh wow it's yeah. carolyn and cindy i'll send these to you after we're done here and there was this one is that oh no that's with the gentleman's <laughs> that's what the gentleman i've got i've got another one like that okay. oh and catherine catherine's there see her behind catherine who catherine mander oh really yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i'd like to do that one <laughs> I'll forward no, this to you. I, I can't. I honestly can't remember what Catherine Manda looks like. I didn't either. I didn't remember either. Uh, but I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, interested in her. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'd love to see those. Okay. And um And uh, yeah, if you could forward those to me, that'd be great. I've I've actually asked uh, Vicky as well to send me any photos, and she said she would look. But Vicky's okay. notoriously, she gets sidetracked and mm -hmm. ends up coming back. She starts emails and then uh, she's writing them months later. <laughs> she says, oh, I found this in my, in my drafts folder that I hadn't finished. And, you know, here it is. Cindy said, so, Vicky, uh, Vicky's probably 80 by now. <laughs> no, she's not. Vicky will, Vicky will hit Cindy over the head. No, Vicky. Vicky would probably uh, think, yeah. be, probably be in her in her in like after around sixty five. Yeah, that's what 65. I figured. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm hitting sixty. I'm hitting sixty, and I know Vicky was older by yeah. by five or six, or maybe seven years. I, I'm not sure. I think she was in her. She's thirty, maybe thirty or thir yeah. in her early thirties when we were when we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's around sixty. Not that much. Not that much older than us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's. Um, um, but that, yeah, that, now I forgot what we were talking about. We were. Yeah, we were on the mosque pictures. We were talking about. Oh my goodness! Um, we talked yeah. about the mosque. We talked about um, Chris, and we talked about Ashraf and Naveed. We were talking about Ashraf and Naveed. We were talking about the Night of Power. Um, yeah 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 so those those yeah. Yeah. i mean for me that that has been quite a, a pivotal experience um standing in that mosque line and mm -hmm. and um i i know at the time i i felt i was i wonder am i doing the right thing you know is this mm -hmm. is the, could there be some kind of spiritual connotation in this that i'm not aware of and yeah. You know, am I opening myself up to something that is, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so I remember being very iffy about it. But at the same time, when, when we were there, just feeling this amazing sense of peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the Muslim style of prayer, kind of, you're an individual, but part of a group. Mm -hmm. And I just remember um, being, appreciating that. At the time. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we all were like, is this right? The right thing to do, uh, yeah. in you know trying to figure out, um, you know, how far do we go contextually? I mean, contextualization became a thing 
after we mm -hmm. read some of Phil Parshall's stuff, I think. Yes. And yes. how do we, I re, actually, I remember being in Thailand at a conference and, and you mentioned this guy, I forget his name, not Paul. Sherwood Hebert. Lingenfelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, um, mm -hmm. he was there and he, he, he had a meeting with us. I think you could schedule times with him and it was you and me and some others. I remember you because you asked a question. Yeah. Um, he, he, he didn't know anything about Islam, but he said, you know, from what I understand, the Quran is very important. And he said, so if a church would start in a Muslim context, he said, you know, I would, I would suggest using parts of the Quran in, in the service. And you mm. said, I don't think we could do that. Well, if you're enjoying the Y Factor, why not head on over to patreon.com backslash Y Factor and become a member. Membership costs about $3 a month and will get you access to lots of bonus content, photos of our YWAM days, and video podcasts too. That's patreon.com backslash Y Factor. That's Y Factor with a Y. Now, back to the podcast. Then you, you said because because they revere the Quran so highly, you can't just take pieces of it out and say it's okay. And you yeah. actually said, I think they revere the Quran the same way we revere Jesus. And, uh, and so that, and that was true. That was right. And I still, I would, I would still stand by that today. Um, but that was part of our growth. It was part of figuring things out and yeah. Yeah. Uh, to have him suggest that was <gasps> shocking. Yes, it, yes. it also it also made us think hmm. yeah 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 we were very fortunate to have those kind of conferences yeah. um that, that we could go to because yeah that i remember there were various ones and and uh i just remember having our eyes opened to contextualization and um i remember coming back maybe it was before we started reading the partial books i'm not sure Mm -hmm. uh, because of course uh, there would have been a conference in 1986 which was which was only uh, you know a matter of months probably after yeah. we'd arrived in in, yeah. in Lahore yeah and we had not thought at all about contextualization we had no idea about it yeah and I just remember coming back and and Maybe just devouring I learned yeah. about partial. Maybe that's where we, we learned. We did. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And we all started reading it and we're thinking, wow, this is incredible stuff. You know, this yeah. could transform the way that we relate to people here. Yeah. And, um, and getting excited about it. Um, and, of course, as we've already mentioned, it took years of really processing that and being able to unpack our own culture and, and recognize where we were where we could, where we should, where we couldn't blend yeah. um, uh, our ideas and or our own perspectives. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it was uh, it was a big learning curve for us. Um, it was. It was. It was up well. And and it was interesting to learn this. I'm a big advocate now of of, of something called just in time training, where you learn things best when you right. need them. You know. Yeah. And and we we this is like a whole a whole three years of just in time training, <laughs> you know, yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> but we're learning things just as we need them. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I would endorse that 100%, Jay. Um, but right since, since my early days as a believer and getting involved in missions straight away, yeah, um, yeah it, it so formed me, and I didn't do any education on mission. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, it was at the end of two years in, in Pakistan that I went and did the School of Frontier Mission in, yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. And, and if I had not been in Pakistan, I would have got so much less out of that training. Yeah. Uh, whereas when we got to the School of Frontier Mission and we were learning from really key people, you know, mm -hmm. um, like Todd Johnson, and uh, we were there live yeah. talking to him. <laughs> you believe it? And, yeah. 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 I mean, we were so privileged. Uh -huh. And and um, and just thinking. I would have nothing to say. I would have nothing to hang this stuff on mm -hmm. if I hadn't already spent two years in, in Pakistan. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's so true. And, and we advocate that. Well, I do personally. I, yeah. I, if someone wants to get involved in mission, I just say, go and get involved. If you want to do mission training, well, do it on the mission field. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. That's actually something I've been trying to get our organization to consider is, is, is not, not training people before they go, but training people on the field while, the, while they're mm. there and are encountering yeah. these things. But there, there's, yeah. a, there's a long-held tradition among organizations of, of having you know, training and yep. what I would call a parking lot training where you yes. inform people about what they're going to encounter and then they forget most of it when they when they get on yes. the trail yeah that's true um it really is true yeah. and um uh, of course we have a bias in this in that both of us both of us <laughs> that's the way our, our right? yeah that's the way it worked for us yeah, yeah. so yeah of course yeah. it's the only way that really it should be done <laughs> yeah, right exactly that's exactly <laughs> but um but no at the same time you know that's one of the advantages of ywam is that ywam you can do a discipleship training school you can do some of these cross-cultural courses mm -hmm. um, anywhere in the world, and right. so we. I always advise people if you're going to do a, if you're going to do YRAM training, do it somewhere that's not your own culture. Yeah, um, because yeah. it'll challenge you in ways that you'll never find if you if you know if you go to, you know, the Ohio DTS and you're from Ohio. Can you, you just won't. You just won't experience nearly the same amount of challenge and worldview um stirring and all of that yeah, kind of thing yeah uh, for me it was like being dumped into a, a a big pool of ice cold water when i left the states and came to japan it was it was um so shocking um i remember the first <laughs> the first night there you weren't there yet but rachel and and remember debbie debbie um machida was machida. that a Yes. Yeah. Yes. She was there. I thought she was gorgeous. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, there was, uh, and we were eating, and all these words that I'd never, never heard before were coming out, like brown rice and white rice and yogurt. I never had yogurt in my life. Um, no, I, really? I never had. No. Um, meat. I was Ohio boy. I would meat and potatoes and a can of vegetables thrown in every once in a while. You know, so, um, and everybody was using chopsticks. I didn't know how to use chopsticks. Uh, yeah. And miso, there was miso. And they, we had some mochi yeah. there for, for dessert. And I had, it was all just so bizarre. And I ended up 
ended up really loving all those things, you know, but that yeah, first yeah. night, the tastes were so strange and yogurt, the yogurt looked like vanilla pudding. And I took a big spoonful of it. And it was like <laughs> sour <laughs> yogurt. Uh, I'd never had it before. And so wow. it was, um, it was, our, it was, it, it was like being, being dunked in a, a, a bucket of water ice water for wow. something yeah well you were yeah. really the kid you know you were really you was. were so young yeah <laughs> i really was and and i really i mean i felt mature was... next to you <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying something right <laughs> yeah it was, uh, i was i was 22 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's only nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I was I was so, and you know, I just had a a very sheltered upbringing. I mean, I think I'd been out of Ohio once, you know, before that, uh, twice. Once in tech, last last days in Texas, one on a vacation to Disney World in Florida. That was about it. And so, it, I had not been exposed to anything multicultural at all. And so it was quite the experience. I sure I'm glad for it. Oh, boy. oh my gosh, I sure I'm glad. I'm sure I'm glad I God got me through yes. that. Oh yeah. I mean our lives would be very different if we yeah. weren't for those years. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But you know, for me, God, as I've already shared, God was very much organizing my steps. Yeah. Um, I didn't make too many decisions in those first few years. You know, it was just God saying, Okay, now this, now this, now this. Yeah. And um, and I was just oh okay I would just take the next step. Yeah. It's like I can't believe I never said why. Because <laughs> <laughs> you say you it know, all the time now, right? I do now. I say it all the time. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Where did that Where did that simple faith go? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, it was it was very formative. Yeah. Um, so there we go. I I think we're yeah. probably exhausted probably. our time. Yeah, week, I think we're but, getting. I think we're getting getting there. I think um, one final thought I had is that you remember um, I was really influenced by Keith Green, and he died at 28 yeah. years old in a plane crash in 1982, and um, he wrote a song called "My Eyes Are Dry." Do you, you, yeah. you remember that song? Yeah, yeah. talking uh, about how his faith was growing old and how he needed old. to be filled with the Spirit. And he was 28 years old. I mean, he was already saying his faith, he needed to be recharged. And, and I yeah. think here I am at 54. And, yeah. and yeah, how many, uh, what would Keith be like in 54, at 54 years old? I mean, what would he be like today? Yeah. I, I used to think, I really wish he was around so I could look at what he became. Um, yeah. And maybe have some sort of model to what I should be. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's a, uh, I think, I think, um, I don't, we talked some about this, you know, I don't think that my faith, uh, my faith is very different now than it was back then. Uh, the mm. way that I think about God, the way that I, some of the things I do, like, I don't know that I would, I would, uh, like, I wouldn't ride around on the top of a VW bug yelling, Jesus is Lord in the middle of the night in Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that anymore. Well. <laughs> Yeah, well, but yeah. you would. I'm sure but, you would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah. I mean, some of the some of the stuff, uh, you know. Sometimes I look back 
and it's the one of the dangers of looking back and thinking, you know, what happened to that person? And, um, yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, some of the stuff that we did then, but there are times and seasons in life and we, and we do change as the years go by. And uh, sometimes we have this romantic view mm. of what it was like and how things really were. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, and, and for me particularly, as you've already worked out, I don't, I don't look back and see the negative stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's you know? a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and um, you know, like dog murderers and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but but you know I I uh, and so there's this danger of looking back and thinking you know somehow I'd lost something. Mm -hmm. But um, you know life is is a development curve, isn't it? And, and it is. sometimes the curve goes up and sometimes it goes down. Yeah. And uh, I love Psalm 84. You know where 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 it talks about a life as a pilgrimage. Yeah. That God have God have yeah. has us on a yeah pilgrimage. yeah. Yeah, and that we're we're always learning. Yeah, and um, and you can't compare one period of life to others. You can't. You can't. Yeah, I mean, God still speaks to me in strong ways, like he like he always has. You know, I still mm. hear his voice. I still could recognize his voice. Um, but back then, it was um, it was a very, it was like hearing hearing your favorite band for the first time. You know, it's like, oh, this is just so great. And then you continue to listen to them and it becomes normal, but you still enjoy it. But that, that, yeah. uh, that newness isn't there anymore. That's a, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. It's true. You know, God, God becomes, you become comfortable with God. Yeah. And, um, and know how to hear his voice. And, yeah. and so feel, um, and you know when, when you're not hearing yeah. his voice too you do and 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 so um so the whole process of of um of hearing god and and adjusting your life ebbs and flows mm -hmm. to fit with with god's way becomes more of a more of a pattern that you're comfortable with or that you know about yeah and so um Whereas I think in those early years, we were still very much working out how to hear God. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I, I say about my own walk in those early years, that God was so gracious to me because he did order my steps mm -hmm. very much so. Yeah. And, I had to, and I had to really discern very little for myself. It was just a matter of doing the next thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. whereas now, you know, now that I'm married and I've got children, there's some, there's more variables involved in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. so you become much more aware of how wisdom is needed. Right. How exactly. other people's, other people's opinion has mm -hmm. to be taken into account. Right. It's not just me. It's not mm -hmm. just about me, me and me. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about everyone else. Yeah. 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 So, so life changes. Yeah, it does. And, yeah. and the emphasis, the face, I mean, the, yeah, like you just, yeah, I can't add to what you said. I mean, I think, I think uh, you, you get more people, more responsibility and more 
people added to you, especially after you get married and have kids, that God wants you mm. to be responsible towards and wants you to provide yeah. for and and lead and guide. And that's a very different mm. model than the single guy, you know, yeah. who only has himself yeah. to look after. You can see why Paul talks about being single and, uh, yeah. you know, it's so much simpler. It is, and, it uh, is, yeah. He talks about that in Corinthians, you know, and, and yeah. says that, 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 you know, I wish that, that all of you would be single because once you're married, you've got your wife's wishes to think mm -hmm. about. You've got your husband's wishes to think about. Yeah. And, so, um, and so life does become more complicated when you're married. Of course, there, there, are, um, there are benefits, but there are also drawbacks. There are. Yeah. If, you, if you think of it in that way. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think there's a depth to my life having been married and kids and kids and being 54 that, um, that I appreciate and I'm very glad that I have now that I probably would have matured and had some depth to me had I stayed single, but not in the way that I... I yeah, it'd be had. different depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'd be some... Yeah. Some uh, some areas I would have no clue about uh, if yes. I hadn't been married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it's really true. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God okay. for yeah. those early years, and thank God for what happened afterwards. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of a serious podcast. This is kind of yeah. It's actually there might be some actual spiritual truths in this one <laughs> 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 instead of jokes about. One-eyed Pakistani pirates. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll end here. But uh, thank you for listening to the Life Actor, and we will see you next week. See you, Alan. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs>